Welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Church podcast. We pray that this message will help you in your walk with Christ. Our current sermon series is Jesus' Parables and the Mystery of the Kingdom. The title of Dr. Dorch's sermon today is Whose Side Are You On? The big idea is those who side with God show tangible compassion to the last and the least. Our parable this morning is the parable of the sheep and the goats. And as you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, the 25th chapter, and I'll begin reading with the 31st verse, the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Jesus tells us that when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory, and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people, one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put his sheep on the right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come. You who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick. And you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when do we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you. And he will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. May God add his blessings to this, the reading of his word. You may have heard it said that we have never lived in such a polarizing time as the one that we're living in right now. There seems to be 
so much division and separation among us such as we have never seen in all of human history. I don't know if that is necessarily the case. Because we humans seem to have been polarized since God breathed into Adam the breath of life and then Eve and then others came along. Separation and division seem to have been our lot in life as human beings. We separate over everything. Our loves and loyalties are so different. We pull for different sports teams. No one knows that more than we who are in Alabama. We support different political parties. And trust me when I tell you that there are both Republicans and Democrats who are a part of this Mountain Brook Baptist Church. We separate over musical taste, although I will say that all of us have thoroughly enjoyed what we have heard this morning, and we celebrate over worship styles, though I will say that here in this Mountain Brook Baptist Church, we've been able to manage that divide about as well as any congregation I have ever known. And so separation and division and polarization, it just seems to be so intense today more than ever because we have to deal with it right now. But for me, the larger and, and deeper question is what, what causes us as human beings to, to feel the need to separate from one another as we tend to do over all kinds of matters and issues and topics and tastes. Where, where is this impulse coming from? Might it in some way point us to a greater divide that we know exists in this world? I'm speaking, of course, of the divide between good and bad, between right and wrong, between just and unjust, between righteous and unrighteous. And, of course, all of us like to think that my side is the good side. I'm on the just side. I stand with righteousness. And with truth, we all like to think that we are on the correct side of the spectrum, but how do we know that? How do we check our hearts on this all-important question? The answer lies in the story that Jesus taught his disciples, the story of the coming separation that will take place between the sheep and the goats. One thing you notice about 
this parable that Jesus told, and I do refer to it as a parable. I know some might say, this is not a parable. This is a prophetic teaching, but I call it a parable for a couple of reasons. One, all parables, I've, I've, I've shared this important truth with you, all parables contain a prophetic punch. They're not just these sweet, inspiring stories that Jesus told. They are intended to afflict us at deep levels of the soul. So all of the parables are prophetic, but even more importantly, when we look at this parable and where it is located in the Gospel of Matthew, it's located toward the end of Jesus' ministry, where Jesus is sharing with his disciples a series, a series of parables, all of which are joined by his teaching them on how they should prepare themselves for the final judgment. And so this parable, the parable of the sheep and the goats, is the last parable that Jesus told before going to the cross. For those of you who are English majors, you read this parable and, and, and there's something that, that strikes you as odd about it because of the manner in which Jesus mixes metaphors, which is a no-no in terms of English literature. You do not mix metaphors and here in this story, Jesus will talk about a king, he will use the language of the royal court, and he will talk about shepherds in the fields and how they divide the animals that they keep watch over. What's important to note about the manner in which Jesus does this, his emphasis on a shepherd king, particularly important for Matthew's telling of the Jesus story, because Matthew, more so than any of the other gospel writers, elevates Jesus as the Messiah, as the one who comes in the line of David, who was himself the ultimate shepherd king. And in this story, Jesus, speaking of himself, talks about that day that is to come in God's future when the Son of Man will return in all of his heavenly glory and all of the angels will be with him and the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And that's where the story gets interesting, does it not? The sheep, Jesus says, the king will put on his right side, which in ancient culture was the side of honor, the side of distinction, the side of importance. And the goats, the 
king will put on his left side, which is the side of dishonor, the side of shame. And what's interesting about this aspect of Jesus' story is that in his day, people, particularly those who owned sheep and goats, valued the goats above the sheep. It would have it would have struck them as very odd that a shepherd king would have chosen to place sheep in the place of honor and goats in the place of dishonor. Everyone in his right mind who's ever spent any time on the farm knows that goats are far more valuable. But don't you see that even with this parable, Jesus is teaching his disciples how in the kingdom of heaven, what we count as being valuable will be inverted. It will be turned on its head. What we think in life is of most importance will in the coming kingdom turn out to be not worth much at all. What matters is not so much about farm animals, sheep, and goats. Don't get lost in that inversion of value. Instead, focus on what Jesus will be teaching his disciples. That in the coming kingdom, the primary distinction will be based on faithfulness. And in particular... The faithfulness of God's people, Christ followers, to show unfettered kindness to those who are in deep need. And to do so as if they were showing it to Jesus himself. And so Jesus says the Son of Man will make the separation. Sheep on the right, place of honor, place of distinction. Goats, you think they have value. They're going to be on the left side. And the Son of Man will then say to those who are on the right side, Come, you who are blessed, receive your inheritance, the very kingdom that was prepared for you before the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Unfettered kindness to those in profound need. And do you notice how the righteous respond? They do so with surprise. It's the last thing they ever considered they were doing as they were serving those who were the least fortunate in life. It never dawned on them that they were serving the interest of their master. Lord, they say, when did we see you in such distress? To which the king will say, 
For as much as you have done it to the least of these, the least of these, my brothers and my sisters, you have done it unto me. And then the verdict will be rendered to those who are on the left. They will be consigned to eternal punishment place where the devil himself and his angels abide because he was hungry and they gave him nothing to eat. He was thirsty and they gave him nothing to drink. He was a stranger and they did not welcome him and take him in. He needed clothes, but they didn't clothe him. He was sick and in prison, but they didn't care for him. And notice what those on the left say in response, they too are surprised. No, more than that, they push back the audacity of the king to question their righteousness. Lord, when did we see you in that kind of distress? If we had only known, we could have done something about it, to which the king will reply, for as much as you did not do it, Unto the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you, you did not do it unto me. So, so what, is, what is the point of the parable for us today? How, how, how do we reply to such a story in our 21st century world? Some would say, well, clearly what Jesus is promoting is is social justice at the expense of evangelism, particularly in the Baptist church, where evangelism, winning the lost to Christ, has been the heartbeat of who we are as people who belong to Jesus. We've gotten it all wrong. That's what some might say. I would disagree. The polarity between evangelism and social action is a false polarity. In our 21st century world, more than any other time in human history, we need to step away from binary, either-or thinking. We need to put a stop to a division between the work of the church in terms of promoting the good news of Jesus Christ and caring for the least of these, his brothers and sisters, as if those are at odds with one another. They're not. They're not. Every time we do evangelism and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with other people, we are in that moment concerned not just about their souls, but also, also about every other aspect of their being. And on the other hand, when a church like ours engages in mission to address pressing needs that exist in our community, we're not doing it as just another nonprofit organization. We are bringing to bear the full orb of the good news of Jesus Christ and how Jesus seeks to transform every person so that he and she can experience the fullness of life 
that Jesus came to bring. It's a combination of the two. So that in our words and in our needs, our deeds, we are promoting kingdom causes for every person and especially those who have found themselves in places where they cannot help themselves. The same kind of place that we were in when the good news of Jesus came to us. So whose side are you on? Are are you on the side of good? Are you on the side of justice? Are you on the side of righteousness? Of course you want to be. But the whole point of the parable is that none of us is pure enough in heart and soul and mind always to be able to make those distinctions. Therefore, it is best for us while we have the opportunity to address all human need whenever the opportunity presents itself for us to do so? And are you willing to do that to address all human need whenever you cross paths with it? Years ago, back when I was in high school, 10th grade year, I took French. Our, our teacher, her husband, was the community physician, and they had the resources for her to be able to travel to Europe, and she loved France and learned the French language and felt like all of us Sumter County High School needed to know how to speak French and not just how to speak French, but how to appreciate French culture. And so she assigned to us, even though it was a French class, she assigned to us a novel by Albert Camus, the French existentialist writer of the last century, a novel he had written titled The Plague. Perhaps some of you had to read that in some course that you took in high school or college. It was a long time ago. And I just vaguely remember the plot line, Camus being an existentialist. I could tell even as a 10th grader, this is the most pessimistic stuff I have ever read in my life. This person has no hope about anything whatsoever, which was the whole point of French existentialism. And in that novel, Camus writes about this plague that struck the country of Algeria in northern Africa, the plague symbolizing to Camus human indifference to the suffering of others as if the only suffering that truly matters in life is my suffering. 
And there's, there's one line that Ms. Norton impressed upon us that I will never forget. It's the only takeaway that I can remember from that assignment, but I'll never forget it. It's a line in the novel where Camus makes the point that in this life there are pestilences and there are victims. It's a division. In this life that we live, there are pestilences and there are victims, and it is up to us as far as we are able not to side with the pestilences. I've never forgotten it. In this life, there are pestilences and there are victims, and it is up to us as far as we are able never to side with the pestilences. I've never forgotten it because it sounds an awful lot like Jesus. In this life, there are pestilences and there are victims, and we must not side with the pestilences. We must, we must always take great pains to side with the victims and to address human need whenever we come across it, to do so as followers of Jesus who gave his life for the healing, the salvation of the world. And if we do that, Jesus says, then when judgment day comes, it won't be a day that we will need to dread. And that's how a lot of Baptist preachers preach on judgment day. This Baptist preacher prefers to see it as Jesus taught it. A day of vindication for those who are willing to show unfettered kindness to anyone in profound need. For as much as we do so to the least among us, we will show ourselves to be on the correct side. Because in reality, all along, we will have been doing it also for Jesus. Let's bow for prayer. Lord, teach us to value the things that you value. Teach us to hurt over the things that hurt you. Help us be a people whose hearts are broken over the needs that exist in this world and not to worry about which side a person is on when he or she is before us in need, but instead to see them as you see them, people created in the image of God, folk for whom you died,
people who matter, who matter to you and therefore should matter to us. So that as we do, we might show ourselves to be good and just and righteous. Not just for their sakes, not just for our sakes, but for Christ's sake, we do pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that today's message brought you hope as we continue to love God and live with grace and generosity. Be sure to check back here for more podcasts. And as always, go out and do the Lord's good work. Thank you.